Hey, I'm Maria. I work at a labor union by day and write and watch too much TV by night. I like to say I've been firmly in the CW's clutches since it was a WB. As the great Seth Cohen on the OC once said about the fictional teen drama, The Valley, TV teen dramas are mind-numbing escapism. They exist in a fantasy world where 20-something hot actors are usually cosplaying high schoolers in melodramatic depictions of adolescents. But that's honestly why I love teen dramas so much. I love the tropes and the ships and the not-at-all-subtle product placement. I love the early aughts theme songs and the cameo performances by pop-punk bands. I love the newer generation of shows that are more diverse and representative of the vastness of teenage girldom. And I especially love the moments when TV teen dramas get political. You guys, we can organize, stand together, speak with one voice. Karl Marx has come alive for me today. Now it just seems so obviously wrong that those who control capital should make their fortunes off the labor of the working class. Well, since you've fired us, you've given us plenty of time to kick in. Workers of the world unite for all the Welcome to another episode of Leftist Teen Drama. Today, I am joined by my lovely friends, Haley and Emma. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and we're going to talk about another, I feel like this season has been us talking about a lot of really classic teen dramas from our youth. And today we're talking about The O.C., which, uh, you know, aired from like, what was it, 2003 to 2007? So really prime, yeah, really prime (laughs) time in our childhood, I would say. I feel like those are the years of... Especially for you, being two years older than us, yeah. Being uh, almost 30 in just a few days. Ah! I mean, mean almost 22. What am I saying? (laughs) Yeah, let's go with that. For those who have not listened before and are just happening upon this podcast for the first time because you like the OC, which I foresee possibly happening, me and Haley go all the way back to our freshman suite where we got assigned to be in the same suite together. And we definitely bonded over all kinds of teen dramas, especially Skins, which like Haley was like binging for a while there. But I feel like probably the OC because anything that was like a teen drama of our childhood, you know? Yeah, Um, I think. When I think teen drama, I think, and like who I am as a person, I think the OC. So <laughs> this feels very close to home in many ways. Emma and I met, and I, I'll do we'll the abridged version, but when she organized me in college into our student worker solidarity group, and we've been friends ever since. And so today we're going to talk about not only the OC, but like the best character on the OC, Summer Roberts. And because Summer Roberts goes through a awakening to become an activist and lands in the environmental climate space, I thought this would be a great opportunity for us to talk about the Green New Deal and how summer's work is far from over, like very, very, very far from over. And it's honestly kind of sad to watch a plotline happen from 2006 to 2007 that is talking about the same problems that we're talking about today. It's it's rough. It's not even more urgent today than, you know, circa 2003 to 2007. Yeah. (laughs) 
that was like a subplot line then and now it's like an ignored <laughs> plot line altogether and maybe should have been the main plot line then yeah. anyway you know absolutely i also think that we should say just because it's definitely weighing on me we're recording this the day after the roe v wade shit leaked so you know sorry <laughs> if you're getting a, a a different version of me than you would have probably gotten under different circumstances but you know i guess it's kind of on theme with the world ending and all of that honestly like <laughs> truly bless this mess there are no words not at all. yeah i thought to start we would talk about our relationships to the oc generally like childhood as we said but for me i cannot remember if i watched it live at any point or not but i have like i really can't but i have very distinct memories of watching the dvds that i had but i had already seen it before i had the dvd so i'm like how did i watch it did i watch reruns i don't know i cannot remember <laughs> But I definitely watched it, like, if not when it aired, like, soon after it aired. <laughs> yeah, I definitely watched it when it aired. I have two older sisters that are yes. three and six years older than me. So if I was born in 92, I'll, whatever, let you guys do the math. But so <laughs> I, like, we all watched it together, even with my mom, who was, like, kind of, like, one of the sisters with us. And, like, it was a huge thing. We love the OC. We love that it was, like, you know, the Sandy Cohen, the Jewish family. Like, I'm from a Jewish oh, family, you know. Yeah. Like, it, it was, and, like... Like, I think, like, it was also just, you know, my mom would talk about, like, the OC Laguna Beach. Like, she she loved it. It was, like, a vibe for her. And then I had, specifically in middle school, so I had the DVDs as well. And I can't remember when in the run this was, but, like, my friends and I, who, like, actually had a huge falling out, like, the next, it was, like, a huge, like, drama. We, all, all the friends, like, Typical. broke up and stuff. Yeah. Right, seventh grade. <laughs> but we did, before all that drama, every Friday night, we had what we called OC parties, where we would sleep over at my house, and we would... Yeah go through and binge before binge watching was a thing we would binge watch the oc and just like literally watch it straight through like all night on fridays and it was like our weekly thing in seventh grade so like that is what i you know kind of warmly but also like you know <laughs> sweet and sour memories uh <laughs> but yeah big big part of my growing up same I remember watching, there was a channel called like Soapnet or Soap something, and it would do reruns of Gilmore Girls and Beverly Hills 90210. And then the OC would be on. And I was like, I'll check out this OC situation. <laughs> and my goodness, the second that Ryan walked across that screen, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bad I, boy. I would smoke cigarettes for this boy. <laughs> and that is saying a lot from me. And then naturally fell in love with Seth and then ended up marrying a Seth. So totally, kind of, she totally did. <laughs> it kind of just like created who I am and like who I think I should be with as a person. And so it has a very special place in my heart. Yes. Yeah, I would watch it with my sister. And I think my mom too. Yeah, definitely my mom too. Like my mom and sister are both now like we're all listening to the OC podcast. So like <laughs> my mom's like, oh yeah, I forgot about some of this stuff. Like, yes. Yeah, it's been a while. And then Summer Roberts, one of the teen drama tropes that I'm happy to have continued as many times as they want to like show it to me is like the mean girl becoming like, you know, super strong and like awesome and like actually doing things for other people. Yes. Um, and obviously special bonus points have involved some sort of activism, but like it doesn't have to. <laughs> I feel um, like a lot of them do, though. Like, I know, they do, I Because mean, it's where they find their voice. Yeah, Davis, they're no longer just... Yeah. They're not just, like, a secondary, like... Yeah. 
quote unquote slutty, I'm not slut shaming character, they actually <laughs> like find something to be passionate about and then that like creates they're no longer a static person. Yeah. And I feel like with Summer they did that from the beginning because like when you're introduced to her, she's like super mean girl. Like she's so mean to Seth. And then when she finds out that Brian is from Chino, she's like so mean to him as well. But then at a certain point, like everything shifts obviously and then you eventually learn that she actually like had not had sex before, you know, hooking up with Seth. And even though everyone thinks that she's like, you know, this like as you said, like everyone thinks she's like this big slut. And I feel like that was the beginning of them like constantly being like there's more to Summer than you think and I'm just it's really cool where that ended up and obviously we're talking about season four of the OC mainly today so yeah we're talking about basically what she evolves into by the end. Well, I still do think that season one of the OC has like the most special place in my heart of all of them. That's definitely like the comfort if I want to go back and like just watch an, either that or the rainy day women in season two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think season yeah I think season one is the one I definitely saw the most and have yeah. watched the most in my life and has just so many iconic moments um, exactly. which also like pre special preview to the people listening we are talking about the OC one more time this season so more to come on some of that and the other thing is that Seth and Summer are one of my like OG ships I feel like like just you know when I think about the ones that I shipped before I knew what shipping was I always <laughs> include yes. Seth and Summer in there yes um so i'm really happy that the story we're talking about today involves a happy ending for them we love that i mean i i was like also just like I feel like her character, especially because, and I hate to compare the two women leads, but like just the, 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 the contrast of them as characters, I think I always just related to the, the, the person of Summer more than I did, you know, with, I feel like Misha Barton, I, I, I never, I never, I never quite was relating to on the level that I was, I feel like with Summer and I just called Summer, Summer and Misha Barton, Misha Barton. <laughs> Marissa, in yeah. other words. <laughs> Sorry, I like, but that's the thing. I think my mom back then would just like call her Misha Barton. I think it was just like Misha Barton was set up. She was in the tabloids I, like crazy. That's, I think yeah. that's why. Yeah. And it was just like, maybe that's also part of it. Is it like her outside the world, in the world character? Like, was... oh, she's definitely one of the like maligned women of the early 2000s. Yes. Like, they fucking dragged her. Oh, that's bad. Yes. Stuff. Bad, bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like probably when I was watching, I just felt like Summer was just more relatable and like yeah. exactly like her like you know relationship with Seth and ex- all of that was was definitely who I vibed with. Her journey felt more like high school, like quintessential yes high school, whereas Marissa's felt like early pixie dream girl in the sense of like mm. she's that's exactly it you just articulated it yeah and it's like that's not most people in high school so it was like easier to relate to summer yeah. in a lot yeah. of ways yeah. And I feel like climate activists, like we were saying before about it being a trope, like climate activist Summer Roberts is kind of like the next segment in our series of just like a continuation of like Brooke Davis, labor organizer. And now we're doing Summer Roberts, climate activist, you know, different moments when like lead characters in teen dramas 
find their voice through activism. So today we're talking about climate activist Summer Roberts, who finds her true passion when she goes away to college, which I feel like I can totally relate to and like a lot of people can. And like you said, like it feels very, very genuine. And like I mentioned, me and my sister, my mom have been listening to the Welcome to the OC Bitches podcast that Melinda Clark and Rachel Bilson put out. And I'm gonna say it's like an okay podcast, not like amazing. It's just like really mindless for me. So I enjoy listening to it, especially while I was rewatching the OC in preparations for these podcast episodes. But there are occasionally like they have like a lot of like other people who worked on the show on. So one of the guests who they had on is Stephanie Savage, who is one of the like producers. Like she does a lot of stuff with Josh Schwartz. They also did Gossip Girl. Anyway, she wrote the best Chris Mika ever. So she was on the best Chris Mika ever podcast. And it was on that podcast that they revealed that the stuff about Summer's activism and environmental interests came from this particular writer in the writer's room, Leela Gerstein. And then like, I realized she wrote the main episode about like the activism thing. So shouts out. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> And so, yeah, then like the Green New Deal along the way, we're going to talk about what is now the biggest demand that our movement for climate justice has, which is the Green New Deal and how in some ways what Summer was like demanding was in line with what we actually like want slash need to do to decarbonize and, you know, save the human race and such. And so um... very little things that we <laughs> prioritize. So I, I have read the entirety of a book that I quoted a bit in the season I had not finished it when I quoted it in the season one finale, but I have now finally finished it. And it's really awesome. It's called The Planet to Win, Why We Need a Green New Deal by Kate Aronoff, Alyssa Batistioni, Daniel Aldana Cohen, and Theo Riafranco. It's going to be in the show notes. I highly recommend you pick it up from a library or a local bookshop because it just like really breaks it all down. Like it said, why we need a Green New Deal. But one quote from there that I feel like we can keep in mind as we go forward is in the 21st century, all politics are climate politics. And I feel like that is both true in the summer plotline and in like our current plotline of life. <laughs> Absolutely. Ready for this plotline to move along to the next Yep. Season. Yep. I'd like some movement, something uh, plot to advance. <laughs> like seriously, especially today after, oh my God. I would I, even deal with a whole new cast of characters if they wanted to redo <laughs> everything down with whatever. Absolutely. So before we get back there, let's just pick pivot back to the start of Summer's journey of activism, I would say, for my rewatch, was in season three when she activates like a student protest. Well, yeah, pretty much student protest movement to get Marissa back into the Harbor School when she is, you know, exiled to public school, the horror. <laughs> wild like literally she says exile to public school a year of solitude ill-fitting gym shorts mediocre lunches that's what they're freeing marissa from <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> i i went to public school me and too it was, and me it too. was great hey, wow so look okay did. everyone yeah. on this call went to public okay i didn't know uh but yeah so public school is great we all came out great so <laughs> <laughs> anyway the class of 2006 class photo was gonna happen so like she's like i need marissa to be in this photo and so she like is like we're doing this and ryan is like okay i have an appointment with dr kim and meanwhile like she's like okay seth you and i are gonna take on prong to a grassroots movement petition maybe a protest rally and he's like how many prongs are involved in this operation and she's like dude like so many prongs i love that she's such a like hard ass get everyone else in line like it definitely 
definitely is like the beginnings of being a leader. But also being a leader, it can also be knowing who the other leaders are. And so then like her and Seth go and like recruit Taylor Townsend to help them because she like knows everyone and is like, you know, a badass campaigner. And then Ryan recruits Sandy to be a parent advocate because, you know, it's like Sandy Cohen, who honestly, Sandy Cohen in college, I feel like would have been our friend. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, do you notice I, he was the first character about the OC I mentioned, I believe, on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and his eyebrows, which we love. And also, I just feel like Summer's approach is so, like, really, I, I really do love that when we go through these shows that you see that they're following like good organizing strategy of like finding yeah. the, the influential people and like identifying the influential people is, is an effective and the people that already have that influence is an effective strategy and you need to do it you know to different stakeholders if you will so yep. the parents and, and and the fellow youths so <laughs> i just i feel like you know even that approach like regardless of the you know the thing that she is protesting for the tactics she is using you know are admirable totally agreed and so yeah there's a whole thing where they have to go in front of the trustees and like you know sandy's gonna be the parent advocate and they have like my favorite sandy cohen line he's like the boys have poster board i love student activism (laughs) (laughs) and oh beautiful just like honestly me as a parent tbh (laughs) (laughs) i'll make the posters And then they're like, Summer's going to kick our asses if we're late to the supply drop. And I'm like, yes, she's like, let's do this shit on time. Like, I'm not trying to play games. Like, we're getting Marissa back into school. And at one point, you see that they have, like, a stack of flyers and, like, free Marissa t-shirts. It's like an operation. (laughs) And free Marissa posters. And, you know, Summer's even getting Ryan's ass in line when he's starting to freak out about that Johnny dude. You know, just a leader going into bloom. (laughs) (laughs) and they like canvas all day and like get signatures and such they table on campus like i just feel like they run the gamut of like everything they could do at the harbor school to like do this campaign and in the end they end up like you know pulling it off and by the end of the episode marissa's in the class of 2006 harbor school photo and i feel like it's just this like kind of foreshadowing of what's going to happen in season four of summer that she ends up activating this whole movement and also just like being in charge and like kind of like even though Ryan and Seth play big roles in the, the movement and Taylor too they she like you know is really getting everyone's ass in line and I appreciate it <laughs> and so then we're gonna we're gonna get to season four so as we all know this plotline sadly begins with a death so infamously the OC chose to kill off one of the core four in the season three finale I feel like they got a lot of backlash for that they did I yeah. remember that I yeah. think a lot of people stopped watching yeah, yeah. I, I I think like my family stopped watching like i think that like that was a thing in my household yeah i'm not surprised i mean like you know i'm not watching riverdale for reasons that i don't <laughs> feel like talking about right now but it it happens when people make choices <laughs> i honestly was kind of okay with the choice to kill Marissa off just because i felt like she wasn't doing anything besides like the same thing over and over and over again. And I just found everyone that else. Is valid. More... I agree in retrospect. I just think at the time and the cultural Oh yeah, moment, at the time I'm like, Ryan and yes. Marissa are endgame. Not exactly. that I knew what that meant then. But like <laughs> now as an adult, I'm like, right. yeah, that girl did nothing but make everyone's life difficult. Right. 
a complicated character for sure and yeah some would say not the best actress at it have you heard this I've definitely heard that. Yeah, no. And she also has said some, like, bad things about Fett, which is, like, interesting. So I don't even fucking know. Who knows what goes down on these teen drama sets? (laughs) Right. Anyway, Marissa Cooper, you know, D-words in Ryan Atwood's arms after getting into a car accident caused by her jealous ex-boyfriend, Volchuk, which is, you know, a very Marissa way to die. And obviously Marissa is Summer's best friend. And so we don't really get to see how the stuff affects her until we get to season four. So once we get to season four, they time jump the summer and it opens on Seth leaving a voicemail for Summer explaining what everyone's up to back at home. And like Summer is in her dorm room at Brown listening to the voicemail. And we are introduced to, you know, Chris Pratt dressed like the crunchiest (laughs) person that has like ever existed coming to find Summer. So that's uh, the first clip we're going to watch is the introduction to activist summer and you can already tell from the beginning look when you see her that like her clothes are different you know like she's wearing her hair slightly different and like wearing t-shirts which i don't really feel like we ever saw her wear like t-shirts before (laughs) message has exceeded the recording time main Summer, we gotta get out of the quad. This thing's going down like right now. Okay, hey, um, wh- what are we protesting? The chickens, man. It's the chickens. Right. Okay, just give me a sec. Every second that goes by, another chicken is caged. And let's get out there. This barbaric assault on our brothers and sisters in nature must end, and it won't stop until we stop it. They're chickens. They can't defend themselves. What are they going to do? Unionize? Strike for better living conditions? It is up to us, man, to speak for them. Give poultry a voice. Chicken lovers of the world, unite! I love chicken. Nuggets are delicious. Some people like you keeping the chickens from flying free. Chickens can't fly. Who are you to say that chickens can't fly? Why? All it takes is one brave chicken to spread his wings and fly into the abyss. Yeah. Thanks, Che. Oh, yeah. That's the introduction to Activist Summer and Che, who is, you know, a very interesting character. <laughs> the crunchiest. Truly. It's also just crazy how, like, Chris Pratt plays such a big role in this plotline. <laughs> It's not that far into the school year and she already has like so many posters in her dorm room like for like different causes and shit and she's already like pretty you know she's got a clipboard and shit like she's tabling like she's she's in it for sure and it also just seems like she's in it for like whatever they're protesting like she's just like what are we protesting today? (laughs) I mean the chickens of course it actually kind of reminds me of the the birds aren't real (laughs) I don't know if you know what I'm referencing but <laughs> like they're the part of the government or the bourgeoisie or something. Oh like yeah, 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 no. But no, I just no, mean I that the birds aren't really know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a fake thing. The birds aren't real, right? So I'm just saying it's it's like a parody. So it's like almost like this chickens thing is the parody because it's like just any cause. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And so then she also is the one who's like, we have to, she like goes and prints off like more flyers. Like Taylor calls her. I didn't like feel like we needed to watch it, but Taylor calls her and she ends up hanging up on her being like the coffee shop's about to close. I have to go like print off more flyers. I mean, we weren't in college that long ago. People still make flyers, right? We make flyers for campaigns I like don't at a know union. If they do. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it just be like an Instagram? Post? Yeah, I don't know if they do, Maria. Oh my God. This is, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> 
I don't think that they print things. Especially anymore. because, like, COVID, like, how else yeah, are you People aren't, like, walking around looking at their flyers or getting flyers or they don't want to touch other people's flyers. So I feel like social media is probably, like, the easiest way to still support, you know, a movement without having to move. <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah, especially with a lot of schools still being virtual or at least par- partially yeah. in some, I feel like. Also, yeah. it saves trees. That is exactly. very true. That is very true. The whole point of the cause. The yep. chickens and the trees. <laughs> and so then later in the episode, you see Summer jamming with the rest of the uh, people she's friends with, activist group, who knows. And it's just like ridiculous. Like she's holding a maraca and they're like all just like going in on different instruments in a dorm room. And I'm like, this is the most stereotypical thing ever. <laughs> it leans into every star. It's, it's so cringe, honestly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Chris Pratt's entire character is like, you know, just one big cringe, like, college movement kid, like, you know, leftist, grocialist type. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm shocked but relieved that he does not have dreads as a white man. Very true. Right? Like, I feel like out of all the stereotypes they could have picked, jam band with maracas. Yes. It's basically like you're at a fish concert. So I feel like yes. it fits. Yeah, I'm glad we dodged that one. <laughs> Me too. That could have been a going back and being like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> There's currently a guy in Survivor, a white man with dreads. Oh, you hate to see it. <sighs> That's another um, thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so Summer does come back to Newport because they all need to save Ryan, who is, you know, kind of on a destructive path post Marissa dying in his arms, which is, you know, a bit understandable, given that Marissa died in his arms. And so Summer comes back to Newport. And like, I do think that the fact that she's like, I have to come back to save Ryan is like very much like in line with her, like, you know, taking on this like activist role as she's, you know, like, I'm here to make change. Like... (laughs) Mm-hmm. You're, you just talked about marissa dying in ryan's arms and oh yeah that, here there we are it is <laughs> it's honestly an iconic shot from the series they do have some good cinematic moments yeah it's sad that it is but let's watch her come home and people start to see the changes fifteen hundred dollars for a pair of boots do you know how many pencils that could buy a student in school children intro to developing nations it's one of my favorite classes yeah, yeah i can see that it's very cool followed closely by environmental studies. Gosh, this is a non-renewable resource. I can't believe this place doesn't have a recycling program. You should call our local councilman. Good idea. I was being sarcastic. Oh, I don't do sarcasm anymore. I'm post-ironic. You mean earnest? Hey, I'm not here to help the environment, okay? I'm here to help Ryan. Except he doesn't want our help right now, so why don't I take you home? You can drop off your bag. No, you know what? I'm just going to meet my dad for dinner and then come right back here, so. So you're not even going home? No. Yes. Of course, I, I just don't know if we'll have time and we have a lot of work to do. 3,000 miles at 30,000 feet, I had a lot of time to think. Rally up your geek army, I have a plan. That was a very different summer interacting with like the mall than the one that we, for example, saw in the mall episode in season two. Like, she's like, why do things cost a lot of money? And I'm just like, oh my God, girl, you finally understand. Yeah. <laughs> her eyes have opened because of her cur- her curriculum and the peers she surrounds herself with oh man this is exactly what the republicans in orange county are terrified about (laughs) (laughs) i think it's also the same for my hometown too of like going away to college and then they come back and they're a whole new person 
I had that issue this weekend with going back home to Ohio. And my friend was like, yeah, my cousins are planning on moving to Seattle. And her grandparents were like, are they left leaning that way? Are they? Oh, oh I didn't know that they supported that. And I was just like, they're just moving to Seattle. So it's like, they just think like every, yeah, it was, <laughs> I got other stories too. But the point is like, they just think that you're going to go off these cities and these metropolitan areas and you're going to be changed human being. And it is true because you're no longer just like in this tiny white bubble of like people that look like you and talk like you and think like you and sorry I'm jumping ahead but that was my experience going to Emerson yeah that college was still a little bit on the white and not as diverse side in some areas but it was at least like a different eye-opening experience for me that if I had gone to school in Ohio I definitely would not have had that same like realization that I need to like Mm-hmm. move forward so that's why another reason why the OC is important to me because same same and so also I just like loved that moment of like <laughs> she literally took something out of the trash and Seth sarcastically saying you should call her councilman and then her being like what do you mean good idea like I don't do sarcasm anymore I'm like this is great and this is a great intro since we're talking about councilmen I was like well, I think this is a good opportunity for us to introduce the Green New Deal as like a concept so I'm going to briefly quote from the aforementioned book. So in late 2018, this is funny, the charismatic Democratic Socialist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez <laughs> upset a long-standing Democratic congressman in the New York primary. That feels like a million years ago now. Wow. Got elected to Congress and immediately made the Green New Deal a priority. Before she was even sworn in, she joined Sunrise Movement protesters sitting in at Nancy Pelosi's office. A month later, Ocasio-Cortez and climate stalwart Senator Ed Markey, shout out to Emma in Massachusetts, released a resolution calling for a Green New Deal. And so the resolution calls for massive public investment to get the U.S. economy to net zero carbon in the 2030s. And connecting the climate crisis to economic misery, it calls for a job guarantee wherein the public sector would provide a job to any U.S. resident who wants one. So yeah, I just felt like we should do like a a basic like... That's what the Green New Deal is. And there's a lot of amazing things in it that like, you know, continuing from the last time that Haley was on the podcast, a lot of things in here that would be considered abolitionist policies, like for sure, like actually having like a social safety net for human beings. (laughs) As we're also like decarbonizing, like having it be an opportunity to create a new world in a lot of ways is what the Green New Deal is kind of all about. You know, if Summer Roberts was calling her council person in 2022, it might be closer to these kinds of demands. <laughs> or maybe the demands are more similar than we think. Let's continue and find out. So we're just going to do one more clip in this first episode of Summer, you know, interacting with Newport Beach post-Brown transformation and also start to sort of maybe grapple a little bit with like why Summer has thrown herself into activism. (laughs) You know, maybe it has something to do with her grief. So this is like them in the midst of trying to save Brian. I think they make a saving Brian joke at some point, possibly. <laughs> I don't usually refer to myself as a genius, but I may have to make an exception. Leon, how is it incoming? Hey. Am I the only one who's working here? Get off, Malfreda. Summer, if you want to go home and take a shower, we can take it from here. No, we can't. I want to go home and shower. That's okay. I'll just take um, a little sponge bath in the ladies' room. Really? Because normally 
pretty rigorous about your bathing and you have a nice uh I'm gonna go get Ryan. Yeah, okay. Great. It's just um I mean you haven't even been home yet. You don't wanna drop off your bag. Or... What's the point of going home? If the polar ice caps keep melting at their current rate, all of Newport will be underwater in ten years anyway. Oh yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, specifically the left of teen drama Twitter, you might have seen that when that your model who was seen making out with Timothy Chalamet at <laughs> Coachella like diverted by like talking about climate change and I was like this is Summer Roberts in season four of the OC I was specifically talking about that moment when she like <laughs> you literally use the polar ice caps melting as a reason why she shouldn't go home when it's like very clear she doesn't want to go home because she can't deal with the fact that Marissa is like not there right <laughs> <laughs> and also the polar ice caps melting yeah. in 10 years Newport Beach. Like, that comment was just way too real. It's good to know more than 10 years later that they haven't fully yet. Right. Newport isn't underwater yet. Yeah. But Yay. that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean stop everything. It just we means like... It, guys. <laughs> yeah um, no that that is really funny funny in a <laughs> the world is ending way yes <laughs> so there's like a quote from the book that i wanted to bring up which is basically about the fact that nothing has changed between then and now so very much what we were just saying so this is sort of just a background on it so by the time climate science was getting regular press in the late 1980s market fundamentalism had taken over mainstream politics and the results have been dismal in the past four decades the rich have gotten richer Wages have stagnated, the cost of living has climbed, and the prison population has skyrocketed. And now half the country is poorer now than it was in 1980, and 90% of Americans are now poorer than they were before the 2008 crash, which made me go like, oh my god, this is before the 2008 crash also. Oh, that actually is wild. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know, I know, yeah. we need to orient ourselves in time. <laughs> Nothing is real anymore. I just feel like it just that's wild that that was also written in 2018. And yet it still is like so relevant to today. And we've only seen it like become even more disparaging since COVID and like, yep, it just literally keeps getting worse and worse. It is not getting better. Yeah, <laughs> and it has not gotten better. This is a, once again, a real upper of an episode, guys. We love joy. <laughs> And you talk about how amazing Seth is and how much we love him. Yeah. Clearly he's true. concerned and yeah. he cares and has empathy. He's like, where's and my he, summer? Yeah. And he knows something is up beyond yeah. the polar ice caps. Yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing deflection. But no, a piece of hope is, though, so for most of our lives, this is a quote, for most of our lives, climate politics have felt stuck in a loop of abstract reports telling us the window of opportunity is closing and the apocalypse looming, as we just said. The Green New Deal is the most ambitious and exciting plan we've ever seen in mainstream politics. So we do have a pretty, pretty cool framework that a lot of people want to fight for so i know it's not really that hopeful but i'm trying to trying to be the green new yes. deal is our seth cohen <laughs> that's what i'm gonna put on my poster <laughs> in the next rally also for some reason i put it i don't know why i threw it here i just wanted to say it at some point in this is that one of the best things about the green new deal is, is that working less is good for the environment and like people do shorter work weeks it actually has like a smaller carbon footprint so like shorter work week is literally like part of the green new deal and like people working less but like everyone being able to work but like splitting the work more evenly right. is in the, the concept of the green new deal so if you like if you like hate working you know selling your 
your labor like most of us do you would have to do less of it in this future that we're envisioning <laughs> yeah what's good for the environment is is good for our souls yes exactly that's one of the reasons that i've i found reading this book like super uplifting is because it like imagines what it would look like if things went well for once which like never you never get to see in climate stories we talked about this a bit in the season finale that emma was on like it's always just like disaster the worst possible case scenario has happened but like what if like we actually like did the things that would help us survive and that was really like hopeful and like part of that vision is the idea of all of us having like leisure time and like the time to enjoy the earth <laughs> that right. we have and not just all be like working all the fucking time which is not good for the planet and so then just to close out that plot line summer avoids her home when she finally does go into her room she sees a marissa vision which like marissa was living at the house the at the end because summer's dad and marissa's mom were together right that was the right people yeah okay <laughs> so that makes total sense like the most recent time her being alive they were like closer than ever living together and so summer like just leaves and like goes to the airport and like on the phone to Seth, she just says i totally forgot there's this protest against field poaches and um heather mills mccartney is gonna be there i just want to see how she's doing you know everything after the divorce give a hoot don't pollute okay bye <laughs> Uh, okay, I had to look up who Heather Mills McCartney was. Not gonna lie, I, I figured out who it was pretty quickly. But that divorce was pretty recent in that time period. Paul McCartney's ex-wife for the Zoomers yeah. and millennials like me. <laughs> I mean, just the the avoidance, the actual avoidance to literally hop on a plane and <laughs> give a hoot, don't pollute. Yeah, that is so funny. And like, I feel like that is just like so early 2000s. Like, <laughs> not the kind of slogan that would be getting like any traction today. No, oh, definitely not. <laughs> because we all hopefully have figured out that we do have an enemy and the enemy is not us. It's a bunch of corporations and billionaires. <laughs> so we're going to move back to campus and we're going to talk about how summer's environmental activism while for a time, a distraction from her grief is in fact more than a crutch. So the first clip we're going to watch is Summer with a tree. They're trying not to have a tree cut down. One thing that I appreciate about this is the diversity of different causes that we get to see throughout this. Like, so we've already had chickens and now we have a tree that the Board of Trustees has voted to cut down. So I do appreciate that some of the things are like big issues and some of them are actually like something that you actually as a college student have like a say over. Yeah, because I don't I don't know if chickens is really something that you have that much sway over hey the school gets chickens supplied true to eat you know when maybe the there's something there yeah, yeah. I don't know they were doing i don't know if they were going as strategically as they could have i know there's maybe some contract <laughs> with the food service company yeah you know. exactly some um, subcontracting shit where they're there. sourcing their chickens from you know so she comes upon Shay, and i feel like i'm gonna have some stuff to say about the fact that like chris pratt slash Shay is like the movement leader here <laughs> I mean, yeah. Call this place of higher learning. I'll tell you what I'm learning. I'm learning to think for myself. I'm learning that what they call 
their property. Oh, it's our world. Summer! Yes. Hey! Hey! It's so good to see you. Where have you been? Oh, um, I had to go home. There's kind of an emergency, but everything's okay now. It's just hard being there. What an amazing spirit you have. I'll bet you in a past life you were an eagle soaring through mountain passes. Do you ever have dreams of flying? No, not really. What's going on? Oh, right, the present. Yes, 1,900 hours last night. The Board of Trustees talked about an oxymoron voted to cut down this majestic tree. Wait, what? They can't do that. Exactly. I mean, this tree was was an acorn in the primordial miasma of America. It saw the rise of this country summer, and in my opinion, it's fall. Now they want to cut it down so some hungover sophomore can get to poli sci 10 seconds faster. What? So what's the plan? The plan is to open people's minds. The plan is to reject their dollar-driven notions of progress. Okay. What's the actual plan? Oh, yeah, uh, the actual plan. We got a petition. And a 24-hour tree sits set to go, so that doesn't work. Revolution. Okay, well, why don't we just start with the tree sit? I'm so glad you're back. So is Mother Earth. Mm. Summer's with us. Huh? Huh? I have to say, I really appreciate how much Summer like appreciates actual like action and strategy over like idealism and and nonsense. <laughs> oh, absolutely, like, the fact that she's like, no, but really, like that's all great, like lofty, pretty words, but like, what are you actually trying to accomplish? What are your goals? What are your tactics? <laughs> That's what I mean. She has the organized, like, back from when she, the days of her trying to get Marissa out of public school into the private school, you know, she knows, <laughs> she knows a strategic camp, how to strategically campaign. Love it. And also, just, just I, Che is just like a very specific type of white man that we're seeing here today. Well, Don't also, he calls himself man. Che. Does he do that? Like, he's a they white do. man. Obviously, we're talking about, like, everything today, so we can spoil it early. We do later find out that his name is Winchester. Right, Because okay. he is a rich kid. Right. But that is, like, revealed later. Yeah. Okay. But that makes it worse. Yes. It better. No, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's, like, funny that they are doing, like, a petition and a 24-hour, like, tree fit just to get this, like, treat not be cut down it definitely very much feels like a bunch of people who've never done college activism trying to think of ideas of things for college activists to to like protest about <laughs> it reminds um, me of like when we were at emerson and just like some of the other things that like the like fake little groups that were doing their dumb little petitions on stuff that didn't matter <laughs> You know, they're like, I'm helping the cause. And they're like, what cause? <laughs> yeah. And while we were like organizing and working with the actual workers on our campus, and they're actually impact anyway. Sorry. <laughs> Not to go on a rant or anything, but no, it, it is like, it's, I mean, we talked about this a little bit in the third episode of the season in Gilmore Girls, which is like around the same time period, obviously, of Paris and Rory, like, trying to free the Burmese prisoners and it's like y'all have no sway over that maybe think of something a little more local <laughs> that's literally what I was thinking of like there was actually like I'm, I was literally thinking of like a specific person at Emerson who was like working with like was called like something about liberty in North Korea like working to like free North Koreans come on like, <laughs> 
that definitely is just like something that like wealthy people do to show that they care right. without exactly. actually having to like talk to anyone that's of <laughs> a different race or different sexuality than themselves, but they still feel like they're being supportive. Yeah. Yes. And it also doesn't threaten their own class status or material oh, no. conditions at all, of course. Yeah. <laughs> can't have that but yeah so one of the other things that we kind of were introduced to and with the clip with Seth that I didn't mention but that comes up again in the second episode is that Summer isn't like being as hygienic as I would like and that part thankfully seems to go away when she heals (laughs) from the Marissa part of all of this you know a little bit more you know what i don't appreciate that stereotype i showered every day that i was a college activist so i'll have everyone know on the record you know it it is true for many but not but but it's also not true for many So Taylor comes to visit and she is like horrified by Summer's unshaven legs, apparently very long toenails and like, you know, and Che. She's also horrified by Che. And I can't really fault her for that because, you know, he's very cringe. Aren't we all? Um, Yeah. And so then she finds Summer at the tree protest and Summer's all like, you can have my bed if you want because I'm staying out here all night. And like fucking Che is like calling to her to help him because his chains are coming loose because of course Che is the one who has chained to the tree. And meanwhile, Taylor's just like going really hard for like what she does, the Sephamer ship, which I'm like, that must be quite the beginning of ship names, like as a concept. And I have to respect the hustle on that. But... Summer is just like, since when did saving the earth become such a bad thing? And it's like, obviously, everyone's worried about her because of the underlying clear marissa stuff that is that is not being addressed at all while she does these other things that to people feel really out of character to her so we move on to the third episode of the season and it's thanksgiving and so summer has to go back home again and she's kind of having trouble with like the concept of doing that clearly she still hasn't really like accepted that like when she goes home to newport marissa's like not going to be there like i mean that's really fucking hard like i think it totally makes sense why she's having this experience and i understand why going away somewhere new would give give you sort of like an excuse to not think about it because you're like none of these people know marissa or knew marissa like I don't right. it's a completely this. different setting yeah a completely different environment so nothing reminds you know her of of that yeah so that that's exactly what it is and so she is on the phone and i just pointed this out because this was like such a like white girl thing to say she was like millions of turkeys being senselessly slaughtered so us americans can get even fatter i don't think i can support this holiday and i'm like now aren't there some other reasons we can't support this holiday maybe i don't know like some no just that one colonialism <laughs> you gotta take one win at a time <laughs> And so she does, you know, she's home for Cohen family because this is like, you know, one of my favorite things about the show is like the Cohen family holidays. I think we all, you know, fell in love with Chrismica and everything. Yes. And Thanksgiving is no exception to the like the vibes of like the Cohen family, like open door policy. Everyone can come. And this ends up taking the open door policy to an extreme. So we're going to watch Summer insisting on going to the soup kitchen on Thanksgiving and then inviting some homeless folks to have Thanksgiving dinner with them, which I think is a is a very fun, you know, little pit stop on the journey of season four summer. Only have a few minutes together. You sure you have to do yoga? I've been on a plane all day. I'm trying to reverse the blood flow. Fresh oxygen to the brain gives you clarity and peace of mind. 
I still can't believe you had no reaction to my tattoo. I had a reaction. I told you to get that thing removed. Yeah, I'll get it removed. <sighs> Did it hurt? Whatever. I was with my marine buds. I barely felt the thing. I bet you cried. Like a baby. <laughs> Glad you're home. Me too. What's wrong? I just, I get upset when I think about it. All of the food that the average American consumes during Thanksgiving when so many people go without? Huh? We need to do something. We gotta go. Gotta go somewhere. Go? Go where? The soup kitchen. We're gonna feed the homeless. Do we have to? We're already feeding Ryan and he was homeless once. Hey, you can go or you can stay. Summer, how you doing? Better than the 2.8 billion people living below the poverty level. Are you okay with that statistic, Mr. Cohen? I don't think so. That's why I have to go. Who knew out of all you kids, she'd turn out to be the young Sandy Cohen? Had to rub off on someone. We'll be back soon. <laughs> Oh my god, he's so proud. He is literally exploding with glee. I love Sandy Cohen so much. So that was like the maybe the most obvious deflection yet because what you can't see is that like before she deflected to going to help the homeless soup kitchen, she like was specifically looking at the Atomic County comic that has like, you know, the character who's based on all four of the Gore Four. Therefore, she was looking at the Marissa character and, you know, just when she's in Newport, the reminders are all around her. And so she immediately thought of a way to to not deal with it but at the same time it's like kind of cool that they like end up inviting a bunch of folks to their home to like have dinner with them and like one of the homeless characters like you like see them come up again a few times throughout season four and they just like know him now <laughs> so it's kind of like i don't know it's kind of funny and i thought it was a great transition to talking about the fact that the green new deal includes a housing guarantee <laughs> There we go. Yeah. I love that transition. <laughs> so in A Planet to Win, the whole idea is that dense mixed income and working class neighborhoods near public transit anchored by public housing are good to live in and have small carbon footprints. To make low carbon neighborhoods ubiquitous, we would build out non-market housing and impose flexible national rent controls that would promote climate friendly urban improvements like greening, new transit options, new and attractive buildings that benefit the people who have fought for years to improve their underinvested communities without causing displacement. And so like, yeah, the idea is that like we already have a shit ton of like rumbling public housing and a lot of people who are either unhoused or like you know under housed like they're going from couch to couch like and we have enough room and like housing for these people like we have fucking like luxury buildings sitting empty and shit so if we actually like took public control of housing and built housing for all it would actually be better for the environment yeah it's actually so fucked up how many like empty livable places there are how high home prices are yeah. and how many people are homeless how do those things add up i don't know capitalism exactly. it's so bad it's well, like there's clearly such an easy issue it's like all of that listed didn't sound like you had to reinvent the wheel like you all like it's very simple straightforward of what you can do next yep. so even more frustrating but you can't make money i forgot about that part that yeah you to make sure your bottom line is being filled forgot about yeah, that yeah yeah the most important thing above humans yes exactly and like the thing is that again according to a planet to win 10 million units of social housing would cost less than at the time the recent trump tax cut so it's not even like, like, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about this more later too, but like in comparison to the fucking like military budget, which is a big polluter, this is not 
like that much fucking money like this is money that would be and it would be a, it would be an investment in our future and then also what i thought was a funny parallel again to gilmore girls is that the reason they bring people back to the cohen family thanksgiving is because the soup kitchen had too many volunteers which also happened in the gilmore girls thanksgiving episode when paris wants to go to the soup kitchen for her college application <laughs> so i thought that was funny a great parallel. So they, you know, make some new friends, prove why we need a housing guarantee. And then later in the episode, Summer and Julie both are like having breakdowns about Marissa. And they kind of like have like this like come to Jesus moment where Julie's like, we can't go on like this anymore, can we? And so Summer goes home, you know, to Brown now. And she kind of like tells Seth over the phone that like she misses her friend and it's a bit of a mess and like she needs to figure it out on her own and she'll like call him and so this brings us to episode four of season four the metamorphosis which was the one that leela gerstein wrote who apparently is the one who it was her idea to have summer be an environmental activist and this is an original air date of november 16th 2006 summer is in therapy which is great we love and therapy we do we this really is not do. an ad and this is a really good time in one's life to be in therapy when your best friend as a teenager has passed away like my goodness it should have happened yesterday and so hilariously she goes through all the stages of grief in this montage only for it to be revealed that it all happened in a week time and she says that she thinks the whole save the planet thing was a crutch and that she needs to just go back to being herself and she's like i love tanning and celebrity gossip and so like she tells shay that like that's this is who i really am and Seth comes to visit and Summer has like really gotten into her head that like she needs to be her old self, not only to like get back to normal or whatever, but to make, make her relationship with Seth work as like a part of that. And she's like trying to get back into the valley, but she's not finding it as interesting as she used to. So she like goes and tries to catch up on celebrity gossip. And then as she's like looking for her, like, you know, gossip rag or whatever, she finds a solar power so sexy flyer. <laughs> great slogan and she kind of stares at it longingly so you can like tell that she clearly still cares and so we're gonna jump in to watch summer immediately calling che after seth leaves the room to hear how the rally for like the solar is going and this is probably my favorite of the thing i mean obviously it's like the one that is like still in need <laughs> like they're like literally trying to get solar panels on their dormitories which is like maybe if they had won that back then we would be in a much better place right now and mine's someplace else mine well, you threw your smoothie at a lady on the street. Hey, that fur did not look faux. Yeah, I just feel like your mind's someplace else. My mind is on this adorable sweater right here. And I'm going to try it on with that bag we bought, because how cute will they look together? Now, if you don't mind a little privacy. Well, I enjoy watching you take off your clothes. I'm sure I'll enjoy watching you put them on. Hey, this is a very intense process. All right, actually, this is perfect. I wanted to head over to Thayer Street and do a walking tour of Attic Foods. It can't be moving here if the shawarma is not at the park. All right, well, bring me a kebab. Hey, Summer. Jay. Hey, I, I wanted to know how the rally went. Oh, we marched, we chanted, uh, and along the way, we may have even opened up a few eyes. We'll see. Oh, that, that sounds great. Yeah, Summer, what are you doing? Trying on a sweater. Hey, Seth and I are going to watch a movie here later if you want to come by. No, I can't. We're prepping for tomorrow night's debate. Debate? They agreed to grant us an audience with the dean, present our proposal. Only thing not powered by the fuel of the sun is our passion. Uh, well, 
tell everyone I said hi and good luck. Yeah, thanks. So, do you like it? No, like what? New sweater? No. Yeah, that sweater is really ugly. But I feel like it also is very of that era. Like, I feel like I saw that. Yeah. Lots of crochet, lots of crochet tops. Yes, the knit crochet. Yes. it was a look at the time for sure. Yeah, so Summer clearly still cares about the cause, and it's just kind of sad how she like is putting herself in these boxes. You know, like like you can like celebrity gossip and environmental activism. Like it's not one or the other. Yeah, we're imperfect human beings. You know, so <laughs> we've all got our shit. <laughs> which obviously this journey is her coming to realize that. Now she found out that they have like this opportunity to like have like a formal debate with like the decision makers about like getting the solar panels and the dormitories, which is like what they're all fighting for. They also have like a very impressive amount of signs and like a van situation going on with that protest. And I'm like, damn, okay. This is a pretty sick operation. I'm, I'm like unclear where they were going to or from, but it's fine given that it's supposed to be a campus issue. But anyway, so... Summer ends up just sort of not being able to help herself and spontaneously re-immersing herself in the movement for these solar panels. Hey, Seth, man, what's up? Hey, got some extra baba ganesh. Oh, baba ganesh, you know, thanks, man. All right. Where's Summer? Uh, give her a little time out. It's not easy having house guests. What? I thought you guys were having this great day, purchasing luxury goods and eating things with faces. Honestly, it could have gone a little better. I mean, you know, I support her, whatever she's into, but I really need this to work, because... People have spoken. We are of one voice, one mind, and one heart. I will not sleep. I will not eat. I will not rest until this hypocrisy ends. Solar panels on all of our dormitories or we revolt. Who's with Summer? Oh yeah, Summer's a badass leader. I love it. I really like love that because it's just like truly like exactly what we need. Like quote from a planet to win for a stable climate and more equal world, we have to simultaneously unmake our fossil fuel lifestyles and build infrastructure that equitably distributes renewable energy. And so it's like, yeah, Summer's out here trying to make some infrastructure for renewable energy in like 2006. So I'm here for it. <laughs> she is, as I said, she is she is great at the strategy. She knows about tactics and long term goals and planning. I mean, she she sees it all. And she knows how to make a very rousing speech to yes. get the crowd going. Like very like, you know, Bernie and Queens getting the whole crowd like, yes. Like <laughs> I wonder if her, like, being a popular party planning girl is, like, this is, like, her time to shine with those skills. But yeah. instead, it's creating, like, proactive change instead of, like, prom. Yeah, totally. I do remember that when we threw that surprise party for Jeff that Emma specifically was like to me, you really had, you know, had to do a lot of organizing to pull this off. Well... <laughs> I recognize it when I see it. Yeah. So she's just taking her natural skills, much like yourself, and just they're you're flip-flopping. So true. And then like the other thing that I just think is so great about it is that like one of the big things that 
when they talk about in a planet to win is about how like all of our lives like it's always been like really abstract goals like you know this amount of decarbonization by like 2050 and it's like now all the politicians get to kick that can down the road because like 2050 i don't have to deal with that shit now right and so we need to actually be like organizing around like concrete projects that make a positive impact on people's lives like now and then you like bring them into the fight and bring them along on it and i feel like that's exactly what something like trying to get solar panels in a particular community would do you know where you're like bringing people into a much larger fight through a smaller concrete project that's going to make a difference in their lives and so i'm like yes girl you're doing it i wish that you had been doing it in real life And so then afterwards, Leno, because obviously Seth like came upon Summer like doing her leader thing. They have a real conversation about the real Summer and the new Summer and all all that. And Seth's just like, you're doing what people do at college, like discovering who you really are. And she's like, believe me, I'm as surprised as you are, but I'm still going to shave my legs and wash my hair and be the best girlfriend I can. And she's like, think of all the new subjects we'll have to talk about. And I thought it was really funny that he said, I did explain the concept of recycling to you in the 10th grade. And it's like, she's come so far. <laughs> I mean, we've all, I think, you know, we all learn, we all grow. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, this is, I needed to mention this because like, yes, girl, wash your hair. Like, you know, like you can, you can like, you actually need to take care of yourself if you want to be a good movement leader because, you you know, got to put your own mask on first. You know, with Seth kind of like behind her, she then goes to this like town hall meeting debate situation and is going to, you know, put her case forward. So I thought we would watch back to back her at the town hall meeting and then her telling Seth afterwards like how it went. Sorry, we're late. Earlier today, a caterpillar entered my room, I'm happy to say. A butterfly emerged. Did you know that the amount of solar energy that touches the Earth's surface in 40 minutes is greater than all the energy required by the entire human population in a year? Yes, I did know that. Thank you, beauty, isn't it? Come on, friends. Oh, board only allows students in the town meeting. Do you go here? Uh, no. I made this. Can you just make an exception? It's for the good of the earth. No, I'm afraid not. Well, it's cool. You go ahead. It's your last night here. You can't spend it alone. Somewhere, everybody in there is counting on you, okay? I can amuse myself for a few hours. You're the best boyfriend ever. Go change the world. Hey. Hey. Do we win? Not yet. But Che suggested a filibuster so it could go on all night. I think we got him. Well, that's great. Yeah. When I showed them my cost-benefit analysis chart, jaws actually dropped. Of course they did. There's all these old people in there that are actually listening to me. Me. It felt better than when I got 70% off that Marc Jacobs dress with a broken zipper. I wish I could have been there. Instead, you slept in the hallway in your last night in Providence. I'm totally fine. Listen, go back in there and uh, knock it out of the park. Was that a sports reference? Maybe. See, I know people can change. We love it. Yeah, it's so great. Like, I love that Seth, like, took the time to learn about her thing. 
and then like really he really tried to get into that meeting with his little sign it was super cute but also why did he not just lie like, i know yeah, right? i'm a student like I, that's, it's like no i'm not why would you you yes i am like what uh, anyway uh, and then just the fact that like i don't know summer's just such a badass like i love that she has like all of the like facts and figures and like that whole thing she said about like feeling like like better than any other good feelings she's ever felt like having people actually like listen to her opinion and like possibly have it make an impact that's such an epiphany moment like love it yeah the fact that she compares it to her other passions of fashion and all that it shows that she can do both you know that i, yeah. I like that little nod yeah exactly and i also love how she has like the cost benefit analysis of the more radical thing being the like answer that's actually going to be better in the long run and it's like that's literally like basically what this book that i'm quoting is about <laughs> like as a concept like one thing that they said that's a very like simple quote is an effective green new deal is a radical green new deal like half measures are not going to cut it like the time for half measures was a long time ago <laughs> and so then seth leaves early to give summer space as he says to keep doing what she's doing which i think is very beautiful i i do appreciate that their journey in the season is very much centered on them being able to like find themselves and be who they are even like while still loving each other and so we're gonna move into summer the radical getting kicked out of school <laughs> so in the fifth episode of the season summer and shay are like doing some like reconnaissance when we first come upon them cleaning quote unquote in janitor uniforms clearly snooping about these rabbits that are part of an experiment and are caged they return after hours to try to set the the rabbits loose it's made clear they don't actually know why the rabbits are being studied and then later in the episode summer's roommate tells her that the dean has called and wants to see her and she's like by the way i also know that these rabbits that are missing were only being studied for their socialization patterns and we're living a pretty good life and shay also got a call and he's like it's okay i went through the same thing when i was framed for flooding the trustee dinner and she's like but you did flood the trustees dinner so this guy's got a yeah he's he's really got a lot of a laundry list here and so then summer goes to her meeting with this like disciplinary kid mini like it, it said dean but then there's like three people behind a table staring at her so i'm like okay a little much i feel like that's what college it like don't they do that kind of shit yeah i mean it's not that surprising especially when they're trying to crack down on something like like activism right an example exactly. of somebody yeah and so summer immediately owns up to freeing the bunnies and she's like i didn't realize they were only being studied for how they interacted i'm so sorry and they're like well there have been other acts of political activism this semester that have crossed the line of legality like an incident at the board of trustees dinner and she's immediately just like i wasn't involved and they're like well do you know who was and so it, they make it very clear that if she gives up you know che essentially it will lessen her punishment but she says that she cannot do it because it would be betraying the new me to give anyone else up and she also says she has no idea where the one missing rabbit is and that rabbit becomes her rabbit pancakes who you see through the rest of the series and so then she waits for Che, who obviously also has to have his like meeting with this disciplinary committee. And he comes out and he's like, Summer, have I accomplished anything this semester? And she's like, are you kidding? There'd be no political activism at Brown without you. And I'm like, oh my God, are you getting kicked out? And he's like, no, no, but I think you might be. And it's like, you are such a piece of shit, dude. And he's like, yeah, they needed the scapegoat. You said yourself, 
I'm too important to the movement, though. And she's like, what did you tell them? And he's like, just that you flooded the trustees' dinner. And, like, she's basically, he basically, like, it's like, I figured if you're going to go down, I'll just have you go down for everything. And it's like, ah! And she's, like, you know, very angry. And she's like, you did all those things. I protected you. Fuck you. You know, in, in Fox-approved language. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least there's, like, comeuppance on the fact that he's, like, terrible. Of course, it's, like, just, like, the white dude who, like, appropriates shit to, that's, like, leading the movement. So at least there's, like, some kind of, like, karma in that, that, like, of, of course, he's the one that actually ends up being, like, in terms of it showing his true character, you know? Yeah. Like, he never was actually a good person. Because <laughs> what the hell? Like, are you kidding me? So gross. And thinking that he is so important to the movement that, like, someone else can go down. When, like, you literally just saw Summer give an amazing speech. You haven't seen Che give other speeches, and they were not as good as that one. The arrogance. And, yep. Ugh. He continues, unfortunately, to be a presence after this. I would really have appreciated if this had been the end of Che, but it wasn't. So in the next episode, season four, episode six, which is an episode hilariously called The Summer Bummer, Summer is unanimously suspended until next fall. So, I mean, like, she didn't get completely kicked out. <laughs> But she did get kind of kicked out for the rest of the year. So, and she's got to like go. And so she starts packing up her activist posters and Che comes by, which is like ridiculous. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, bro. And he talks about something back on the reservation, which like once you know the reveal that he's a rich kid, it's even more cringe. And she says, I really liked it here. I liked who I was becoming. And he's like, you sacrificed it for the good of the cause. You're a martyr. You're a hero. And she's like, I just wanted to be a student. Also, she didn't choose to be. You made her that exactly. by throwing her under the bus. Hate him. But he's like everyone that we went to college with. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. You want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like later when you find out that he is a rich kid of like, uh, he did try. He just clearly doesn't know how. Yeah. And he still maybe can't shake off his privilege quite as quite much yet. as he yeah. needs to. So it's like yeah. one tiny tiptoe forward but still like seven <laughs> large steps back yes. of like <laughs> trying to educate a wealthy man and bring him to like do good things so not a win but also not a loss sometimes yeah and one thing that i do like is that he admits in this episode that the reason he liked summer more than the other kids is because the other kids were only doing the activism on campus for their grad school applications but like summer actually believed in what they were doing and i'm like that's very real <laughs> and also very true because summer really does believe in it even if at first it was maybe a little bit of a distraction for her like clearly she did find her true passion right and like clearly even if it's a distraction it's like there's a reason she's gravitated towards exactly. it like you can't like be a person that doesn't care about yeah. other something other than yourself if 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 you know what i mean you can't fake that yeah. really yeah exactly. she could have distracted herself with boxing like ryan does and getting his ass beaten up so like she chose something productive that shows just like who her character is and like how easy it is for other people to also get involved and so, yeah, then at the end of that episode, you find out that Che's name is Winchester. And she's like, I thought you grew up on a reservation. And he's like, it was a reservation, a beautiful reservation. Before it became a family compound, my dad owns a pharmaceutical company and some factories in Mexico. And it's like, oh, oh, so bad. <laughs> like, Literally a farm bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
And like, I think it also just it makes him like not like making her get kicked out. It makes it worse because clearly he could have landed on his feet better than possibly she could have, even though she's also rich. So maybe whatever. But also just like him wanting to center himself in the movement is worse knowing that he's rich than it was before. You know, he's rich. Like you should definitely not be the voice of the movement, bro. It's the privileged (laughs) arrogance. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to dub this, you know, semi-final, yeah, no, final section. Summer faces her destiny, which if you've seen the show, I'm using that word for a very particular reason. Nod, so, nod, wink, wink. <laughs> while back at home, for a minute there, Summer and Seth almost get engaged. But then Summer decides that she's willing to figure out who she is first. Very good decision. And we're going to watch the beginning of her starting to figure out what she's going to do with her life going forward. She starts looking at books about animals when Taylor comes in and she starts talking about her plan to start a nonprofit, which sort of starts her final arc. So what do Brutus, Judas, Benedict Arnold, Julius Rosenberg, Ethel Rosenberg, although that's debatable, and you have in common? Uh, We all did what we thought was right. Eyes rolling. I'm sorry about yesterday, okay? Ryan looked like a poor, sad koala bear, and I'm trying to help animals. Yeah, why does your room look like a birdcage? Because I decided it's time to get off my butt and do something with my life. I'm gonna start a nonprofit. You know, I read that if you can just focus on saving one animal, you can really make an impact. Did you read this article? It's how we're giving elephants post-traumatic stress disorder. Poor elephants. All they want is to be cared for and nurtured and not left on the set of a European talk show after party by their stupid, stupid Brian. Yeah. Before we get too much into Ryan and Taylor land. So I really like that because it once again underscores what we've been saying about her is that like Summer doesn't want to just like do activism to do activism. She wants to be effective and actually like feel like she's making a change. And so like her being like, well, I I heard that if you focus on saving one animal, you can actually make an impact. And like that guiding what she chooses to do just feels like she's got smart cookie, you know, (laughs) like. I know exactly. I mean, again. I'm going to say it again. She knows strategy. She gets it. (laughs) (laughs) She knows how to win effective campaigns. Exactly. You know, she should be, she should be in front of, you know, college kids of a whiteboard or some shit, like teaching them how to organize. Like (laughs) she should be like fixing this country slash world right now. Exactly. Summer Summer Roberts Roberts for president. For president of the world. (laughs) Also um, in this, particular episode we have a lot of white people saying spirit animals so i just want to like put it on the record it's very cringe it's culturally appropriative you do not have a spirit animal white people don't do that agreed <laughs> um Third. i second a second agree yes exactly so we're gonna just go quickly to summer deciding on which animal she is going to try to save now and telling seth about this i had the most Magical day. Oh god, we gotta change the locks. <laughs> Whoa, hi. I healed my spirit animal and I'm ready to love again. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it was lost, but through my connection to the ancient rituals of the earth, I was able to save my inner otter. I swam and I splashed, and for the first time, I felt whole. I had found my other half. And it was an otter. Otters are so cute. Oh my gosh, their whiskers and how they use their belly to crack open their little abalone dinner. I am going to start a foundation to save the sea otters. You know there are less than 3,000 left in California? No, it's really sad. If you've, you've found love with an otter, I'm happy for you. I know it sounds crazy, but dreams don't lie. 
Now I just have to explain it to the otter. Summer. What? Do you think what? the otters can wait till tomorrow? No. I am Julie when it comes to this man that's in her house. <laughs> oh, man. She's like, I love you, Summer, but I can't do this anymore. <laughs> same but yeah summer is going to start a foundation to save the sea otters that's like the main takeaway and she has clearly spent all day researching this and she's spouting off statistics and she's fucking ready to go meanwhile i don't know what the fuck che and seth were doing out there but it was we're gonna leave that be <laughs> in the next episode the hijinks continue when seth goes to help che steal the groundhog on groundhog day and che ends up calling summer from jail because they are not good enough at this to get away with it without getting apprehended and tell summer she has to free the groundhog and something that i think is really funny is that a random girl who wasn't summer actually saves the groundhog and it's like assumed this is like che's soulmate or whatever so it's like okay if it gets rid of him that's fine <laughs> that's what we need honestly yeah, yeah. but my my favorite <laughs> favorite thing is Seth saying that Sandy has waited 18 years for me to be arrested for political activism is probably the proudest moment of his life. <laughs> and of course, it's for stealing a groundhog. Come on, man. You could have done better than that. Made your old dad an old man proud. <laughs> Sandy would still be proud in his, but also I would be upset. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I would be like, could you have gotten arrested for something a little more interesting? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically summer has started a website for her foundation about otters and it's gonna take her places so the beginning of the non-flyer movement of yes, digital media exactly we referencing earlier exactly i would love to see this website uh, <laughs> by the way <laughs> we love we love a vintage site Exactly. Like, in, and if you really do want to see a vintage site, go to pretty much any, like, union locals website, and you'll probably get taken back to, like, somewhere between 1998 and 2003. Okay. I, and I, I genuinely love it. Like, whenever I come upon one of them, I'm like, yes, keep going with it. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, I mean, uh, yeah, I could go on a tangent. I love it. <laughs> That's why we have all you young kids to help spread the message yeah, yeah. And make a website that's fitting send, of send your snapchats <laughs> i'll just slide into your dms oh man okay so we're gonna watch summer talk about her website about otters well, if the sea otters disappear completely then the entire aquatic ecosystem will be disrupted i know we need the sea otters need the sea urchins otherwise there'd be a sea urchin population explosion causing some catastrophe involving the kelp forests I guess you're pretty sick of me talking about otters. Not at all. If I have to share you, I'm glad it could be with otters. Well, did you know that my website got over 8,000 hits yesterday? And I'm going to have a video conference with someone from Greenpeace maybe next week. Wow. Hope you can squeeze me in for Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day? Yeah, she is so busy with her website that she forgot about Valentine's Day. Can you believe it? 8,000 hits. That feels like a lot of hits. <laughs> It does in one day. That's like, how do people find that stuff before like <laughs> social media? I mean, I guess like Facebook was starting. Yeah, true. People um, just feel passionate about otters and animals that they have never touched or seen in their whole life. 
so true though so she's got a meeting with someone from greenpeace like damn that's awesome and considering that she is like kicked out of school for the rest of the year i feel like she's making pretty good use of her time to move forward her causes despite not being on campus and so then moving forward with her destiny while at the mall which is where summer and stuff were having that conversation they end up wandering over to a psychic who tells summer that her destiny is george and so summer freaks summer and seth honestly kind of freak out that there's some other man named george who is going to sweep summer off of her feet and sidebar later in this episode summer is somehow on the news about her saving the sea otters don't really understand is that enough hits to be like newsworthy by local news standards like i don't know what's going on they're like oh shit this girl's talking to greenpeace you gotta report it <laughs> not a lot of stuff was happening in 2007 so it's, <laughs> it's not right like before the financial crash. Yeah, we're said. gearing up for our lives. Yeah. To be yeah. so, plus, like, I feel like local news, you know how they are like, 17 people murdered today. Now yeah. let's go talk to Sarah, who adopted 15 puppies or something like that. <laughs> like, it's their feel-good story. Very but true. it's for Summer that she was the one that was chosen. Exactly. And so in the next scene, we are going to see that Summer has a visitor, and we're going to find out what George actually means and what her destiny actually is, which is very exciting. Don't you see we're supposed to control our own destiny? Mm-hmm. Or else what's the point of life if it's just something that happens to you? Summer? Hmm? You have a visitor. George. <laughs> Hi, I'm Paul. I'm here for George. George? Yes, the Global Environmental Organization regarding greenhouse emissions. We've been reading your blog about the sea otters. I was in the area, and I'm here to offer you a job. We'd like you to come work for us. Oh, George. <sighs> I'm checking IMDb, but I'm pretty sure that that is Michael Shore. It looked really familiar. It yeah. It looked really familiar. Not to sidetrack. No, on... that's okay. There's also an actor from the tabling scene that looked really familiar to me, too. Yeah. And I forgot to say something. He played Paul in the OC. It's one of that's his four so acting funny. credits. Mose is the other one. <laughs> that's wild. That's so funny. He did look super familiar to me. So now I know why. Wow. Yeah, I love that fucking made up acronym that they came up with. Global Environmental Organization Regarding Greenhouse Emissions. <laughs> I feel like we could get that started. Yeah, no, I looked it up and they, they like, just to make sure, I was just like, they definitely made that up, right? And they, they did. It's so many buzzwords, though, that it brings up like all sorts of environmental stuff. <laughs> you cover all your bases that way. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, like that's like her like her destiny is George and I I kind of love that little like twist on that whole psychic thing, like them freaking out that it's gonna be like her destiny as mother guy when it's just like her being a badass lady who wants to fight climate change, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's a perfect moment. It's a, it's like a perfect Summer Roberts moment. Exactly. So we're just gonna move quickly to basically Summer like telling Seth about this opportunity and what the job actually is. And, you know, it sort of sets up like her decision of whether or not she's gonna do this. Okay, I admit it, I put way too much stock into that poem. But I'm not the girl that you thought I was. You're not. You, Summer, are better. Back then, you were just this fantasy or this little girl who, when I would see, you would either ignore me or make an obscene gesture and keep on walking. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Sorry. But now look at you. You fight for sea otters. You've befriended Taylor Townsend. You're an incredible mom to that bunny. 
I guess I have changed. You've evolved. And over the last 950 days we've been dating, and yes, I've counted, and yes, I counted the Zach era, because really, who are we kidding? I've watched you grow into this incredible woman, and that is who I love. Thanks, Connor. What's wrong? I met George. I'll kill him. This guy came by <laughs> from George to recruit me. He heard about my work with the Sea Otters and invited me to travel across the country and talk to college kids about voting next November. But what about Brown? I'd have to defer a year. Live on a bus. Sounds like a great gig. I don't know that we could see each other. So you have to choose between me and George. That's the thing. I don't know that I have to. I do believe that you are my destiny. I do, Seth. I just don't know that you're my only destiny. I like appreciate that Seth like kind of came to that conclusion before he even found out she got the job, you know, that she had like evolved and this is like, you know, who she is now and he loves that just as much as he loved who she was before and all that. So oh, I mean, allies. <laughs> yes, he's he's just like the epitome of a supportive partner. Yeah. And so I, I have to say it was like kind of like her being like trying to get people to vote when we're like so many times of us voting later and not doing anything. It's just like, ah. yeah, <laughs> I know. And that kind of being a thing right now. Yeah, today. right now, today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Haley literally... takes a swig of wine. <laughs> if only yeah. we did. If only. Yeah. But no, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, people should vote. It's just like, that's not the only thing they should do. Uh, also, people are voting. Yes, and... exactly. And unfortunately, the Democrats in power care more about their fossil fuel interests, donors, than they do about us. Yep. Look at you, Joe Manchin. He's not a Democrat. We don't. I know. I know. But unfortunately, he technically is. Ugh. Despite that, I do think that when we do like see the little preview of like what Summer is actually doing when she takes a job that like it seems like she's doing some cool things in addition to telling kids to vote. It's also like cool to like have the like the thread of like young people activating each other around climate change. You know, I mean, maybe cool is the wrong word, but it's definitely a thing now, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean that like they're, you know, the, the, the Zoomers, they're 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 our only hope unfortunately i know truly who would have thought and we'd all be relying on a bunch of 17 year olds well, ipods like two years ago <laughs> well it was up to us millennials and now we're already getting too old yeah, <laughs> yeah our backs hurt and shit like <laughs> oh just trying to plan weddings during pandemics and live our lives <laughs> did our best yeah that opportunity has presented itself to summer so putting that aside a possible earthquake is coming an episode later and summer and taylor are looking at an article about it and summer literally said it's exactly this kind of voodoo science that allows politicians to ignore global warming i'm like yes girl okay go off in the same episode summer picks Seth up to take him to an art exhibition sponsored by george since he's going to RISD and she loves the environment so perfect date and then at the actual exhibit seth like critiques the camera work and Stuff. Well, Summer is like very like in awe of the message, you know, obviously. And then she challenges Seth to make a film of his own to engage with the world. So like she really wants him to also like be engaged with the world the way that she has learned to be. And at, by the at the end of the episode, there's a really funny exchange where he's like, "You want to go rent an inconvenient truth?" And she's like, "Yes, I love that movie." And then he like makes a joke, and she's like, "Do not insult Al Gore." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh my god. I died. What a simple time. <laughs> yeah. 
I remember watching an inconvenient truth like in class. I went to the theater with my aunt Ooh. and I saw it when it was in theaters. And I remember Damn. being like, I know the world is gonna end and sucks <laughs> and and I care about it and all you people don't. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. We all have our awakening somehow. And yeah. some it's it's all Al Gore. <laughs> Al Gore. Yeah. Uh, organized me. Maria, I organized you. Al Gore organized me. So Maria's basically like the grand little yes, Al Gore. Exactly. Exactly. And so the earthquake hits, and that's like kind of like the big catalyst for the end of the series. So this big earthquake happens, and like the Coens have to, like their house is like totaled and shit, and it's the end of an era. And so in the aftermath of the earthquake, Seth and Summer have like kind of gotten into a very relatable rut where they're kind of just like sitting around watching TV and like, you know, basically doing what we all did during like early quarantine and stuff. And Taylor kind of confronts her about the fact that she's not doing her environmental activism like she had been doing, you know, and she's kind of like, oh, we kind of just got stuck in this room like once the earthquake happened because like Seth had to stay here because their house is, you know, all messed up. Basically, there's this whole thing where Ryan and Seth are trying to get the old Cohen home in Berkeley back into the Cohen family. And so then Seth ends up up in Berkeley. And so the catalyst for both Seth and Summer realizing that Summer needs to get back out of this rut and actually go do her opportunity with George is that Seth meets another George recruiter like at Berkeley and ends up having a conversation about Summer, which the fact that he manages to run into like somebody who knows Summer is like, we're going to let the TV magic work. It's magic. You know, it always <laughs> works out that way yeah <laughs> join george fight the industrial devastation of our planet hey are you paul from george no tom from george you know paul uh no my girlfriend summer roberts met him sure yeah paul was really disappointed when she turned us down what's she up to now uh not much of anything really well um give her this would you i hate to see someone like summer just waste their passion yeah <laughs> a flyer loves otters so many early 2000s flyers. So, I mean, I love that Summer is somehow, like, you know, notable enough that, like, multiple people within this organization know who she is and, like, they're recruiting her. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but on top of that, I really liked the line, like, fight the industrial devastation of our planet. Like, I actually think that's, like, a really good way of actually like identifying the correct enemy which is you know corporations and their influence on politics because i think that especially in like 2006 2007 like the onus being put on the individual and the, the idea that like we as humans are the reason that climate change is happening the way it is when it's like it's not the everyday person who made the decisions to pollute to the level that we have Exactly. And one way that I like the way they put it in A Planet to Win is we haven't lost decades of opportunity to decarbonize because people love fossil fuels and hate change. Rather, there was a concerted campaign by private interests to block progress. Fossil fuel companies and private utilities have even mounted successful primary challenges to politicians they deemed too friendly to wind and solar. Across red states, an unholy alliance of big oil, private utilities, and conservative Republicans have delayed progress on clean energy. And I think it's important to always name our enemies as the correct people who they are and not make people feel bad for, like, using straws and shit. Like, I can't. I agree. <laughs> the individual choice versus the actual powers that 
have control and where the change really can happen it's yep and makes the making the onus on just like individual people who have to like scrape by to live you know it's exactly and it just completely continues to keep them from having to actually Mm -hmm. be publicly held accountable for what they've done because it's not only just that they're doing it they've been doing knowing what they've been doing like we have a record that they've known about the climate science for decades i mean they have scientists working for these companies they can fucking figure out what's going on like they yeah they've known and they've had scientists like to help like like kind of like spin the science like exactly i still remember in my environmental class in high school them saying how like it's like spun this web of lies of like no one on the right believes in climate change but really 90 percent of them actually do believe that climate change is real but it just does not fit their interest in Mm -hmm. terms of like their dollars and I think ever since I heard that fact, I've been, that was my Marissa unaliving moment, I guess, of like, oh, wow, it's this really big con of as long as they're getting paid and they're getting their dollars, no matter what I do to try to help, it's not going to make a difference. So might as well at least like try to keep it local in terms of like what I'm trying to do to help my community and to make my positive impact in the world. But it is hard sometimes to rationalize it all. Totally. Yeah, I appreciated that. And going back to the summer of it all, of course, Seth is going to tell Summer that she has to go to George for both of them, which is like, you know, again, just great being a good partner and like wanting their relationship to work out in the long term means they have to work on themselves in the short term because they're very young is definitely a good message for, you know, an end game teenage couple, I would say. It's, uh, it's amazing. Congratulations to the pancakes. Yeah. Don't you think it's kind of weird that we didn't even know Pancakes was pregnant? Well, we're not going to win any parenting awards. I mean, we must have been pretty out of it to not even notice or care. I think we've been in kind of a... Right, lately. Do you really think that we can spend the next four years like this? Well, look, I'm a pretty skeptical guy. I don't really believe in signs, but... This one's pretty easy to read. It's very easy to read. Big letters. George? You gotta go, Summer. But what about us? This is for us, okay? It's for both of us. That was so beautiful. Like, it was a sign, you know? Like, I do love the, like, recurring theme of there being these, like, signs that this is, like, the right path for her. Yeah, and it's, like, also like a weird quirky sign like george uh you know it's it's very them yes let's fight the industrial devastation of our planet yeah and so summer leaving for george is kind of like one of the the pivotal final scenes of the series so we're just gonna watch that real quick and then i think i'll just go straight into also just a quick clip of summer picketing while like on the road with george and then we can talk about it all and sort of conclude our our summer, Robert's journey. All right, Roberts. <laughs> I'll see you. All right, Atwood. Thank you very much for flapjacks. Oh. I promise I'll raise him right. Well, don't forget to clean his cage, which should not be used for cage fights. Got it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to miss you so much. Oh. <laughs> well, you can follow up with my political efforts on my blog. And you can follow my personal efforts on mine. Ew. <laughs> You're the best. You're the only girlfriend I ever had. I miss you. All right. We'll uh, be in the car. I don't know. 
some of these George guys. They look so idealistic. You got nothing to worry about. Just remember, this isn't goodbye. You're my destiny, Colin. I've saved the world, Summer Roberts. See you in a wait after the New Hampshire primary. Just go. And now here is Summer actually doing the damn thing for George. There's no telling where we'll be in a day or in a week. And so in that final scene, they're like protesting no nukes, no nukes over and over again. And so I and like also Seth puts up a newspaper clipping of it, which is like fucking adorable. But and also like a newspaper clipping. Oh, my God. <laughs> but like, I just thought that was a really like a good addition to our like, you know, array of political you know, things that she has touched on because like, you know, the military being one of the biggest polluters in the world is a very real thing. So fighting militarism goes hand in hand with like, you know, uh, fighting for climate change. And there's like, back in 2019, a study came out that the US military emits more CO2 than many industrialized nations. So I'll like link to that one for y'all. But yeah, I thought that was a really smart thing for them to have her be doing on the on the trail and yeah i just love that final seth and summer moment before she goes off to george i think it's so cute and iconic and you know just him sending her off with like a you're gonna go save the world i believe in you is just like so romantic it's ultimate cohen and summer yes and so at the end just to you know round it off obviously i'm sure if you're listening to this you know this but summer and seth get married and i just love that summer gets to have it all you know there's no like her like compromising who she is in order to have her true love story like she gets to have who she is as a person and that and honestly we don't actually get to really know what she ended up doing as an adult after college and i would love to speculate wildly about it I mean, the possibilities are endless. What would she be doing now is the question. Right? Well, we would love if she was president. Right. You know, or, you know, working for Ed Markey or I don't know, like, what else could she do? That would be like super working for Sunrise Movement. Yeah, these are the things I can see. And like, (laughs) or like being like AOC's like comms director. I don't know. Yeah, I want to believe that she's like an el- like an elder, you know, she's like an elder millennial, right? I would say. Yeah, like on the, yeah. On the older end of millennials. Yeah. Um, she's, yeah. And so like, I would like to think that she's like, you know, in the movement, mentoring younger folks, really loving what the Zoomers are doing with the climate change, you know, yes. activism. Yeah, she's so inspired by it. Yeah. <laughs> she um, helped write the Green New Deal. Yes. <laughs> The Green New Deal was based off of Summer Roberts' ideals. Summer Roberts' manifesto. (laughs) Green New Deal, more like George New Deal. George's deal. Well, I mean, okay, it's like, you know how, like, the whole idea is that, like, it's a more leisurely world for all of us? It's like, she comes from the lap of luxury. She gets it. Yeah. You know? She, she gets wants everyone else to have. Yeah, <laughs> she wants everyone else to have it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny thinking about her dad being, like, a plastic surgeon, and she ends up, like, being this huge environmental activist. Like, it's just, like, a funny arc. <laughs> yeah. 
but Sandy Cohen was really the dad of the OC, so so true. She yeah. was really she's one making, of Sandy Cohen's children. Yeah, she's making Sandy proud. Yeah. And I'm sure Sandy is helping her in her future career of whatever she's doing or getting her out of jail. Yeah. Whatever. Oh yeah, she, she might be a lawyer now too. That's an possible path. I, I would also say she's definitely gotten arrested a few times for protesting. Yes, absolutely. For sure. Maybe she's gotten arrested if Jane Fonda. You know those like Fire Friday things that Jane Fonda. Yeah. Does. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I can see her doing that. Yeah. <laughs> she was definitely in front of the Supreme Court last night. Yes. Oh, yeah. Maybe she's in DC. Hmm. I don't know. So many possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, like, yeah, no, I mean, Summer Roberts is just such a lovely character. We probably could have done even more on her in the previous seasons if we'd really wanted to, but then we would have fucking been here all night. You know, season four, I think that people have like very mixed feelings about some people love it, some people hate it. Maybe some people just feel kind of mad about it. I don't know. But I think this was the bright spot for me in season four. Not that I don't think that other people have good arcs too, but I just think that it's always been a highlight for me that Summer Roberts just like went to college and like became a fucking radical. Like it's just no version of me has ever not thought that was amazing. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I just felt that we needed to cover it for this podcast. And, you know, I guess I'll just close this out with a couple of Green New Deal, you know, final thoughts, which is for one that one that I really thought sums it up is that for better or for worse, our choice now is between eco-socialism or eco-apartheid. So y'all, we got to get with it. We got to get with the socialism. I know. And yeah. Um, Urgently. Like like pretty urgently. So as a result of that urgency, I am going to put some places where you could plug in to eco-socialist climate organizing if you are in the mood to do that <laughs> and you know there's lots of things happening on the local level that are like you know individual campaigns that are maybe trying to get at just a single part of the larger framework that is the green new deal and so this this final quote that actually closes out a planet to win is enemies of climate action warn of gray totalitarianism even as the fossil industry commits crimes against humanity to maintain the privileges of a few the point of a radical green new deal is to build the opposite a colorful democracy for all to live through sun and storm. Whether that means a housing guarantee for, you know, <laughs> those uh, random people who came to the Cohen family Thanksgiving in 06, or, you know, just decarbonizing our planet in time. We are all about that Green New Deal. We're all about the new conspiracy theory that Summer Roberts uh, created the Green New Deal. <laughs> I don't know why you're saying it's a conspiracy theory. Right, no, sorry. Yeah, I read that. I reported I the facts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll be able to find this in the show notes, everyone, definitely. A legitimate <laughs> source about this. Maria will provide so it, don't cool. worry. We know how these things work. <laughs> But yeah, thank you. Summer both. Roberts leaked the. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All oh right, my sorry. god! Yeah, Summer Roberts was there when Diane Feinstein was condescending the Zoomers in her office. Yes, <laughs> she's been at every important climate moment. <laughs> so we all need to go out and be Summer Roberts. Yeah, Summer Roberts, you want to see in the world? Exactly. <laughs> Make this summer the summer of Summer Roberts. Yes. Yeah. Freedom Summer. Yes, this is coming Roberts. out in June. So this is the perfect message. It's yes. time for summer. It's time for the summer of Summer Roberts. Let's get this climate change action going. Yes. <laughs> so thank you both for coming on and talking about environmentalism and Summer Roberts with me. <laughs> Always. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to Leftist Teen Drama. Follow us on social media for updates. Links to our Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and TikTok are in the show notes, along with links to suggested additional reading on the topics discussed. Solidarity forever, free Palestine, and abolish the PIC. Signing off, Maria.